You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. Hard to believe that 21 years have slipped by so quickly. Oh, how our Lord has been faithful to us. In all those years, I have never preached on this subject. Matter of fact, this is the first time in my 36 years of ministry that I've ever preached on this subject. And I want to have fun with this today. I hope it'll be convicting, but you can get convicted and have fun at the same time. Okay, all right. But here's what I'm going to preach on today. How should we behave ourselves in church? How should we behave ourselves in church? Remember raising your children and telling them, behave yourself. Well, I'm going to preach to you today on how to behave yourself in church. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, Paul writes, To Timothy, he said, These things I write unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So Paul had something that was really burning deeply in his heart that he wanted to communicate with Timothy. He thought that in the future he'd be able to meet up with Timothy and share some of these things. But just in case he wasn't able to, he writes this letter to him on how to behave himself in church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, pray you'd help this preacher and, and your people, something that we've really never dealt with before in detail and but something the Bible speaks to. So help us as we leave here today to maybe have a whole different perspective on coming to church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question this morning. How do you get the most out of a church service? How do you get the most out of the church service? Well, you behave yourself while you're in church. That's how you get the most out of the church service. As people who belong to the church and who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm here to tell you today we are more than just some organization. Amen. We are the church of the living God. We're not simply just a group of people that have the same interest and for the most part have the same doctrinal beliefs. No, we are the church of the living God. We are not a club. Remember, 21 years ago when the township put us into the category of a country club and tried to tax the church. We're not a country club. Amen. We are the church of the living God. As Christians, as part of Christ's church, we are identified with Jesus Christ in everything we do, in everything we say, in every place that we go, we are identified with him. 
So if we are identified with Christ as Christians, remember they were first called Christians in Antioch because they identified themselves with Jesus Christ and they lived a Christ-like life. If that is the case, then we should be concerned how we behave ourselves. Not only in the church, but outside the church as well. Paul said that Christ may be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or whether it be by death. We need to be concerned about our behavior. We are God's representatives. We are his ambassadors. We are the children of the living God. When I think of that phrase, living God, he's not a dead God. God is not dead. He is very much alive. And he's here today. And he's with us every day of our lives. And so we cannot go sneaking around thinking that no one is observing the way that we are living our life. The Lord observes everything about us. He even knows the feelings and the intent of the heart. And so we need to watch out as to how we are conducting our lives on a daily basis because the Bible says this, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The Lord's keeping an eye on you. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which he hath done, whether they be good or bad. Our behavior in the church and our behavior outside of these four walls is either good or bad. There's no in-between. Do you believe that pleasing the Lord is very important? The Bible speaks about it over again, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. So how are you conducting yourself when you come to church? Is the way you come to church, is it pleasing unto the Lord? First and Second Timothy are both epistles or letters from the heart of the Apostle Paul to his son in the faith, Timothy, who was a very young pastor. He was training Timothy for the ministry. And how to be a good pastor. And so there's many things that Paul said to Timothy in these two letters concerning the church and his responsibility as the pastor of a church. In 1 Timothy, I'm, and just stay with me here, I'm going to do a rundown. I just kind of went through and I read both of these epistles again and just jotted down the, the highlights. In 1 Timothy, he told Timothy the importance of maintaining sound doctrine within the church. He talked about living a godly life and the priority of prayer. He talked about the husband and wife relationship, the role of the women within the church, the importance of our women dressing modestly. He talked about the qualifications of a pastor and deacons. He told Timothy to stand up against apostasy. He talked about developing godly disciplines, caring for the widows, honoring your pastor, identifying and rebuking false teachers, and then he exhorted Timothy to live a godly life. In 2 Timothy, he starts out with a call to holiness. He told Timothy to never be ashamed of the gospel, to guard and maintain the purity of the gospel message, 
to fight and to suffer for the sake of the gospel and to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He told Timothy to pursue godliness, to be faithful, to flee youthful lust, and to resist the devil. He told Timothy to study the Bible faithfully and proclaim the truth without compromise. He told Timothy to continue teaching sound doctrine and to preach the word and be instant in season and out of season. That's just kind of an overview of the things that Paul dealt with in these epistles. So you can really see that the Apostle Paul was concerned about the church. And he was very much concerned about how we as members would conduct ourselves in the church house. So let me ask you a question this morning. What is the church? There's three things that he says about it, and then we'll get into how we should behave ourselves. He said it is the house of God, it is the church of the living God, and it is the pillar and ground of the truth. Those are three things you really need to understand about the church. A lot of folks don't take the church very seriously anymore. They don't take church membership seriously. They don't take attendance in the local church seriously. They're not very much involved in the ministry. Um, it's just not important. The church is becoming less and less important uh, to us. Uh, but it shouldn't be that way. The church, the Bible says, is the house of God. This is an image that is drawn from the Old Testament. It's used frequently throughout the Old Testament to refer to tabernacle or refer to the temple 88 times. The temple and the tabernacle are called the house of God. Only two times is the church referred to as the house of God in the New Testament. One is right here. The other one is in 1 Peter 4, 7, where it says, for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. So as the tabernacle and the temple were the house of God in the past, the church is the house of God in the present. We must never forget that. A house. You say, what is a house? A house is where family lives. Yes or no? It's the house. The church house is the place where the family of God gathers together to worship the Lord. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. The church is the family of God. We are the people of God. We, therefore, have opportunity. Let us to do good unto all men, but especially those who are of the household of faith. Now, I don't know about you, but in our house, we have some rules. If a family are going to dwell together in unity and not have confusion and chaos, there's some rules that we have in our home. Those rules aren't always followed, but we do have some rules in our home. Like turn out the lights. That is one rule that's never followed in our home. Clean up after yourself. That one's not followed either in our home. But we do have rules. As we have rules in our homes, 
There should be some rules in the house of God. Uh-oh, there he goes again, that legalistic preacher of ours. Uh, get over it. Isn't it, isn't it funny? How we think we should have rules to govern our lives at work and to govern our lives in sports and to govern our lives in our homes, but when it comes to the church, we shouldn't have any rules at all. Never quite understood that. But the church is the house of God. It is also called the church of the living God. The word church is the word ecclesia, which means an assembly, a gathering, a company of people who are called out by God. That's why when folks approach us, and my wife and I usually spend some time with them, we will say something like this to them. We would love to have you as members of Fellowship Baptist Church, but if God doesn't want you here, we don't want you here. But if God wants you here, we want you here desperately. Why? Because the, the church is an assembly called out by God, not by us. He is a living God. He is present with us today. If he is present with us today, you know what that makes this house? It makes it a holy place. Because he is a holy God. The church is a place where the living God meets with his people. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the what? Midst of them. Hey, Greg, you need to stay awake because when you fall over asleep, everyone watches you and not me. I'm going to talk. I'm going to, I'm, you, you with me? Okay, good. So I'm going to talk about distractions this morning. The house of God, the church of the living God, I like this. This place is the pillar and ground of the truth. As a pillar and as a foundation holds up a building, this church is to hold up the foundational truths of Scripture. Holding forth, Paul said, the word of life. When a church ceases to be the pillar and ground of doctrinal truth, we ought to forsake her and find one that is. Our love and regard for the truth has to supersede our love for our church. In Revelation chapter 18 and verse 4, as the church became apostate, John writes, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her. Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins. Again, when a church departs from the fundamental teachings of Scripture, the pillar and ground of the truth, we need to forsake her for the cause of Christ. <coughs> Matter of fact, I believe that was the reason why 21 years ago 
God called Fellowship Baptist Church into existence. And I believe with all my heart that since that time, we have done our best to be the pillar and ground of the truth. A church must hold fast to sound doctrine, holding fast the faithful words as ye have been taught, that ye may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. That's those who are opposed to sound biblical teaching. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Based on this fact that the church is the house of God, that it is the church of the living God, that it is the pillar and ground of the truth, we ought to behave ourselves in church. Let me ask you a question. Did the Lord Jesus have a passion for the house of God? I'm not going to take time to read these. I actually have the verses up here, but that clock just keeps on ticking away. In the beginning of the Lord Jesus' ministry, he went into the house of God, and what did he find? Chaos, confusion, buying and selling. You may remember how he made the whip. He turned over the tables of the money changers, and he cleansed the temple. Not only did he do that in the beginning of his ministry, but he did it again at the end of his ministry when he went back into the house of God and they were doing the very same things that he had cleansed it of three years prior to that. And he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But you've made it a den of thieves. They were not behaving themselves in the house of God. And as Jesus cleansed the temple, the Bible says that the disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. We ought to be zealous about the house of God. Amen. I'm going to start amening myself here in a minute. We ought to be zealous about the house of God. So as I was thinking about how we ought to behave ourselves in church, I came up with 18 things. Wednesday night I told you I had 19, but I took one out and combined it with another one. 18 ways to behave yourself in church. All right, write them down. Come to church prepared for the worship service. Amen. Come prepared for the worship service. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 2, set your affections on things above, not on the things of the earth. Leave the things of the earth there. Let me tell you something. They'll be there once you leave the church house. This is our time to come out of the world and really get focused on the things of God and prepare yourself for that. Now, I want you to get real honest this morning. Like you wouldn't be honest in church, right? And I wonder what kind of thoughts roll through your mind as you prepare yourself for the worship service. Does your preparation, and I jotted down some things here, 
sounds something like this. Has anyone seen my belt? <laughs> Honey, I could not find my belt anywhere. Not the brown belt, the black belt. Kids. Honey, aren't the kids up yet? Where's my shoes? Okay, who took my shoes? I left them right. Where are my shoes? Why is that baby crying again? I can't find my keys. Where are my keys? We have to leave in 10 minutes and you're not dressed yet? Are you serious? Don't forget to turn on the crock pot. Halfway to church, did you turn on the crock pot? Oh! You mean to tell me you did not take the ham out of the freezer last night? <laughs> we can't afford to eat out again. Did you gas up the car last night? Forgot to tell you it was on empty, honey. <laughs> oh, I completely forgot. I have to be a greeter today. I have to be at church early. I hope pastor doesn't preach too long today. We have to go shopping after church. <laughs> now, does any of that sound vaguely familiar? <laughs> the Bible says of King Rehoboam that he did evil in the sight of the Lord because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Amen. What can you do to be more prepared to maybe alleviate some of the stress and pressure and the rushing around on Sunday morning? And I'll tell you one thing, when, if Satan's going to stir something up and cause something to go awry, it's going to happen Sunday morning. I also thought about this. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit is meeting with us right now? And that he is going to be speaking into people's hearts and into people's lives. And that when we stand, when we stand to worship, we are literally standing in the presence of a holy, living God, worshiping him together as a family. Sometimes I don't even think that we prepare ourselves with, with that kind of mindset. No, I think we should be prepared. As we come into the house of the Lord, the lack of preparation and the lack of focus, it's a big deal. While we look not upon the things which are seen, but on the things which are not seen. To get the most out of the worship service, we need to come with our hearts prepared. That's number one. Only 17 more to go. Number two. Come to church on time. Come to church on time. 
Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 says, See that you walk circumspectly, very carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Well, we only got so much time. Make the most of our time. Come to church on time. Now, I could not find a verse in the Bible that says we should always be on time. I think it should be the 11th commandment. (laughs) Thou shalt not be late. But the Lord did not include it in the commandments. But every one of us occasionally, when unforeseen and unavoidable circumstances happen, we show up late. And I know someone said, better late than... But to be habitually late, to be habitually late and unconcerned about being on time, I believe that's a violation of several biblical principles. It's, it's very poor character. For one to continually be late in my opinion, expresses a lack of love for others who are having to wait on you. The Bible says love is not rude. It is rude to be late. It just is. When others perceive that you are unloving and unconcerned about them, It not only damages your reputation, but it damages his reputation. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches or precious ointment. A good name, a good reputation for a Christian, I think is absolutely important. We need need to be people of our word. Amen? We need to be trustworthy. We need to be dependable. So to be constantly late and unconcerned about others and how we're putting others out, I believe is very damaging. Our actions always point back to Christ. Does being late all the time, not just when something occasionally may happen, but being late all the time and having that as a pattern of your life, does that please or glorify God in any way? It does not. Constantly being late also can cause other people to become very aggravated with you. So being late all the time can literally cause others to sin. Especially if they're making an effort to be on time and you're keeping them from being on time, they're going to get aggravated with you. Irritated. Maybe angry. And that's sin. The Bible says it is impossible, but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. 
Waiting on someone can be frustrating. It can put unnecessary stress on a person. Wasted time. Christians are exhorted to esteem others better than themselves. When you are constantly late, you are focused on yourself and not on others. To be perpetually late simply means you don't consider other people's time as important. It's really a bad habit. And I will tell you this, it also has caused real distraction when you come into the church service late. Okay, didn't we have fun with that one? All right, number three. Be friendly. Be friendly. I think we have a very friendly church. But there are some of you, I'll tell you, like my daddy said, you suck it on sour persimmons all the time. <laughs> Dead serious, man. Knowing what I was going to preach on this morning, I was actually looking at some of you during the worship part of the service. Are you afraid if you smile, your face may crack? <laughs> John says, Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. A man that hath friends, Solomon said, must show himself what? Be friendly. Man, it just sets a great atmosphere in the church. Get out of your grumpiness. Ay, ay, ay. We're, we're here as a family in the church of the living God. I mean, what better place to hang out? Number four. I have to speed along here. Greet visitors warmly and with a smile. Greet visitors. Sometimes we get so into ourselves that when visitors come, we really don't reach out to show them how much we appreciate them coming and engage in conversation with them. But be warm and be friendly with them. Give them a smile. The Bible says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, don't do that. Don't, don't, do not, do not kiss visitors when they come into the church. Not, in our culture, that's a bad idea. But we can be a friendly with a handshake and a smile. Amen? Well, that all depends on who you're hugging there, Grandma. Solomon said, the light of the eyes will rejoice the heart. Right? Be friendly, greet visitors warmly and with a smile. Number five, dress appropriately. This is a very interesting, Aaron brought this to me. 
Matter of fact, Aaron and Beth are in, uh, they're in Maryland a week of meetings. So pray for Aaron this week as he preaches revival meetings in Maryland. But Aaron um, got his Bible out and we went to Exodus uh, chapter 28. A very interesting passage. Don't go away, don't have time to go there. But it's about how the Lord told the priest that they were to dress in an appropriate manner when they entered into the house of the Lord. That they weren't to dress like they normally would dress outside. But when they came into the house of the Lord, they were to have on appropriate dress. More of a formal dress, not a casual dress. If you read most of the information that's out there that's being promoted in our churches, the idea is just come as you are now. Matter of fact, I was talking with someone here last week. They, weren't, they haven't been able to come to our church, but now they got a ride. They were going to another church, and the pastor would dress in just a shirt and blue jeans. And She said to me, she said, so good to come back to church and see my preacher in a suit. We're old-fashioned. But I think you ought to dress appropriately when you come into the house of the Lord. The Bible said that women ought to dress modestly in a goodly apparel. Be modest. Don't be a distraction to men. I'm so thankful for our women who dress modestly. Here's a, here's a passage. This is Jacob with his sons. It's in Genesis 35. Listen to this. And God said unto Jacob, Arise and go to Bethel. Bethel is the house of God. Arise, go to Bethel, and dwell there. Dwell in the house of God, and make there an altar unto God. Then Jacob said unto his household, and all that were with him, so to his twelve sons and their wives and children and everyone, he said, be clean. Take a bath. Amen. Change your garments and arise and let us go to Bethel, the house of God. Get cleaned up. Take those Shechemite garments, those worldly garments off. Put on some proper clothing and let's go to the house of God and We'll make an altar unto God there. I just believe that's a principle of Scripture. I, I believe that this is the, if this, this is the house of God and he's a holy God and he meets with us in his house, don't you think we probably ought to do our best for him? Right? I don't think we should have this casual approach to God. When I, when I went to Bible college, you know what? They made you wear a tie to class. You know why they made you dress up and wear a tie? Because they wanted to set the right attitude. Your dress will set a proper or a wrong attitude. Just think about it. What if I come up here? I mean, there's preachers today. They come up, they'll have a pair of shorts on and a tank top. Now, what would you think if I came to church and had a pair of shorts on and a tank top?
Charlotte just goes, Ugh. <laughs> I want you to know, Adam Summers came to me last night. I led in prayer last night, and he came to me. La- I wore this, I wore this, wearing the same outfit I wore last night to the Singspiration, and he came out here and said, I wanted to tell you, he said, my kids said, Pastor White, for an old man, sure dresses pretty nice. He said, I had to come all the way over from the other side of the church just to tell you that, preacher. I said, man, no one's ever said that to me before. Men, women, let's not be conformed to this world. Men should not wear that which pertaineth unto a woman, and a woman should not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. All that do so an abomination unto the Lord. Well, that takes care of that cross-dressing crowd we have today. Number six, be reasonably still and quiet in church. Isaiah 7 verse 4 says, take heed and be quiet. David wrote in Psalms, be still and know that I am God. Throughout scripture, 32 times we are encouraged just to be quiet. Let's not crowd out God's voice. Let's be reasonably quiet. Number seven, the reason that we should be reasonably quiet is so that we can pay attention to the preaching. Hebrews 2.1, therefore we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now listen to the preacher. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, for this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Let God's word have an effective work in your life. Number eight, don't create distraction like falling over asleep in church. First Corinthians 7.35 says, And this I speak for your own profit, that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. Don't create a distraction. He that hath ears to hear, what? Let him hear. Don't distract someone from hearing. Turn off your cell phones. Don't text in church. Don't play games on your phone in church. I mean, I'm not the best preacher in the world, but I'm not that bad, am I? Don't pass notes back and forth. Don't sit by friends who will be a distraction to you. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. Doesn't distract them during the church service. Number nine. Oh, this is a good one. Teens. 
shouldn't sit close to the front of the church or with their parents. Ooh, I like that one. The Bible says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God will... But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. When teenagers sit together, there's a tendency for them to fall into that temptation of distraction. I have a pastor friend, Pastor Rader. Most of you know Pastor Rader. He's preached for us here. He has all his teens come forward during the ser- at the service. He has his teens sit in the first couple rows. You should see the looks on the teens' faces right now. I mean, they're just like, Pastor, no, don't, don't. Don't be a distraction to each other. Number 10. And I'm sorry I couldn't find a verse for this one. Go to the bathroom before service begins. Man, I searched from Genesis to Revelation trying to find a verse for that one. If you could only see how many people get up and down and back and forth and in and out. Now, it's not happening today. (laughs) Figures, right? The day that I preach on it, no one does it. But I couldn't find a verse that said, go to the bathroom before church begins. But let me share my own personal testimony. My mom and dad never let me get up out of service and go to the bathroom. I remember when I was a child begging, begging my mom during my dad's preaching to let me go to the bathroom. I'll never forget her looking over at me and saying, pee your pants. Now, we had wooden pews in my dad's church. And if it's that, if it's that much of an emergency, don't let, him, don't let him pee, okay? But my mom pounded it into me. Danny, you go to, you go to the bathroom before church begins. All right, next one. Number 11, put your babies in the nursery and remove crying children immediately. Doggone it, I couldn't find a verse for this one either. But I found one that's close. How is it then, 1 Corinthians 14, 26, how is it then, brethren, when ye come together... Every one of you hath a psalm, every one hath a doctrine, every one hath a tongue, every one hath a revelation, every one hath an interpretation, and I added, every one has a crying baby. <laughs> I just threw that in there. And then he ends the verse, he says, let all things be done unto edifying. There is nothing that's less edifying than a crying baby in the morning service. 
And I've watched you moms grab that baby and say, we're fighting this out. <laughs> the baby always wins. <laughs> Never, ever in all my years have I seen a baby say, okay, I quit. Number 12, don't eat and drink in the worship service. I know some of you are saying, well, where is that verse? I'm glad you asked. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty two. What? Have ye not houses to eat and to drink in and despise ye the church of God? You don't need to bring your coffee into church. You don't need to bring your energy drinks into church. And some of you, I'm telling you, those crackers that you bring in and stuff in your kid's mouth. <laughs> and the mess that's left all over the floor afterwards. Unless we're having a fellowship supper over there. We don't eat and drink in the church house. Again, I, I know people say, well, I'm not being old. I'm, I'm just saying exactly what the Bible says. That is despising the church of God. Right, so let's stop that. Now, I understand if some, like, like my wife, my wife crashes a lot. And she has to have water. When she has to have water, she has to have water. I understand that. But you don't need to bring your coffee and your soft drinks and your energy drinks and your little munchies. You don't need to bring them. This is not a movie house. Number 13. Participate in the worship service. Sing the songs. Read along with us. Say amen once in a while. Amen. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and a joyful noise, with psalm, for the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture. Participate. You always get a lot more out of things when you participate in them. Number 14. Tithe. When you come into the house of the Lord, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. And ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? in your tithes, and in your offerings. You want to get the most out of your church? Invest in your church. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Number 15. Don't run off immediately after church. The pastor says amen. Some of you vanish. Where'd they go?
1 Corinthians 11.33, tarry one for another. Hang out a little bit. Grab someone you haven't talked to in a little while and just talk to them. See how things are going. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Hang around fellowship a little bit. Don't rush off. Number 16. Help keep the church house clean and in good repair. <clears throat> Pick up after yourselves and after your children. We were here for the revival. I just happened to <clears throat> walk into one of our storage rooms. When I walked into that storage room, first of all, the door hit something, and there was a table laying down. There was, I can't tell you how much stuff was off of the shelves. Everything was strewn everywhere. There were chairs laying on the, it, that storage room was such a mess. And I know what happened. People just opened the door, just throw it in. I spent about an hour getting everything organized and cleaned up in that room. And then I had all the teens come. I had them skip a break time and I had them come and we got that whole room all cleaned up. Um, but that was uncalled for. That was absolutely uncalled for. Keep the church house clean. Do you appreciate the cleanliness of the church? Yes. That responsibility should not always fall upon our janitors who have volunteered their time to come in here. We all need to do better. Second Chronicles 29.15 And they, the priests, gathered the brethren, sanctified them, and came according to the commandment of King Hezekiah by the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. Let's go clean up the church. I like having a clean house. Do you like having a clean house? You come into my office, my office is going to be clean. It's going to be neat, it's going to be clean. Number 17, come to church ready to serve. Don't come to see what you can get, see what you can give, and how can I be a blessing today when I go to church? Hebrews 6.10, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love which he has showed towards his name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Come with a heart to serve. And you'll be blessed. Right? You give and God will give back to you. How many did I say I was going to do? 18. Number 18. Oh, this is a good one. Show respect to your pastor. Amen. Amen. Love him. Love your preacher and follow his teachings. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 13. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. And be at peace among yourselves. Don't get mad at the preacher when he admonishes you. Say, man, he just loves me enough to do that. All right, are you ready for the rundown? Let's behave ourselves when we come to church. Let's come prepared for the worship service. Let's get there on time. Let's be friendly. Let's greet our visitors warmly and with a smile. Let's dress appropriately. Let's keep reasonably still and quiet. Let's pay attention to the preaching. Don't create distraction. Teens, move on up front. Or sit with your parents. Use the restroom before service begins. Put those babies in the nursery and remove those crying children immediately. Don't eat or drink in the worship service. Participate by singing, reading, saying amen. Make sure to tithe. Don't run off immediately after church. Keep the church house clean and in good repair. Come to church ready to serve. Show respect and love your preacher. I want to tell you something. If we do that, we will get a whole lot out of the church service. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.